attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments made about immigration reform and unified congressional support behind deporting only those with criminal records are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Justin Bieber? They're not even a real country anyway. We're so political. I didn't get to sign the petition. I'm a little upset. <laughs> yeah, now it's going around. Where's it going around? The interwebs? I Deport? think so. Deport Bieber. Deport yeah. Bieber. That's the, that's the next thing people want. I mean... I just love that our they president... They got on my bus, as far as I'm concerned. I love that our president has to deal with that now. Right? It's like an official... An, a, enough signatures have been accumulated that he has to address it. Yeah, that's right. He has to say something. No, that's something. where you can go, whitehouse.gov. That's right. That's yeah. where you can find the, the yeah. petition. To deport Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't bring it up in the State of the Union because I missed it. We were writing. Yeah. We were writing yeah. dick jokes. No, the way I find out what happened in the State of the Union is I go watch MSNBC and hear them complain about what Fox said. So then, that, then I, between the two, I can sort of figure out what happened. And then I go to the Daily Show and let him sift through all of it <laughs> yes. and then give me the great perspective more people get their news from a daily show. I, I know. And, and maybe maybe rightfully so. Tell me my perspective on this. Yeah, let me know <laughs> what you think. That is my perspective. <laughs> let me know what I think. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling Movie Guys empire. And you might be a cunning linguist, but I am a master debater. <laughs> You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, special guests, and more. You can expect that in the next hour or so as we broadcast from the Admiral's Club, for all that? an oasis of luxury amidst your flying adventure. <laughs> if you're new to the power of the Movie Showcast, you can catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Search the Movie Showcast or the Movie Guys. We come right up. And don't forget, we are also available on WBAD Radio at WBAD.net, Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific. And as always, please subscribe where possible. Tell your friends, share and like posts and videos, at the Movie Guys on Twitter and on Facebook. My name is Paul Preston. I am your host here with Adam Witt and Lee Caius. And Karen is not in studio this week, but we'll be checking in with her later in the show. But in her chair from, for the whole show is an improviser and teacher at the Second City. Look at that, another guest from the Second City. Hard Hell to believe. yeah. And the creator and host of a storytelling podcast called Funny Cause It's True, Kevin McGeehan, everybody! Hey, Kevin McGee, welcome to the show. Hey, here you go. I was yeah. wondering who that was. <laughs> well, we didn't have to change Not the Karen. letter on the script for, for Karen's lines. <laughs> right, still okay. It's still okay. It's still okay. <laughs> but we begin with our signature movie preview of That Awkward Moment as we conclude the month of Manuary. Manuary. This has got Zac Efron, but it's still kind of a guy movie, right? It's guys being dudes. Sure. I think so, yeah. I mean, we're not going to go, but it's yeah. like... It's yeah. close as they can approximate dudes. I don't know if Zac Efron's really a man. They're not man. men. They're not men. They're pretending to be dudes. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're playing the role of male. <clears throat> He's acting like a dude. I'm yeah. curious how Z Zac Efron is going to be viewed after the Seth Rogen movie comes out, because... He's playing a very different type than he's ever played, where he's a... He's he's like, in a I'm he's looking in a forward Rogen to that. Movie? Yeah, this summer. Oh, is that the Neighbors one? The Neighbors one, yeah. Oh, he's in that? He's the bad guy. He's the bad frat guy. He, him and uh, Dave Franco are the two main frat dudes who are... That's the other house, right? Yeah. James. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it James brother. or Dave? Oh, it's Dave. Yeah, it's Dave. Oh, okay. yeah. Here I was being a wise-ass. Yeah, John. Correct him on. John, the relief <laughs> pitcher for the Reds and Mets. John Franco. Hard to believe. There's nepotism in Hollywood? Wait a minute. Uh, well, listen, we only have the one movie to cover again, as I said, the new Zac Efron film. You ever notice that awkward moment where your movie isn't a summer movie or a Christmas movie <laughs> and has no chance of winning an award? It's that awkward moment that gives our next movie its title. <laughs> Lee, let's talk about it. Here we go. 
January comes to a close the way it always comes to a close, with a movie that will be forgotten by February. <laughs> that awkward moment is about three roommates brought together by a service that pairs charming movie characters of charming diversity. There's the cool white male model, the black model with charming deficiencies not based in stereotype, and the ugly white guy who's still attractive and funny. Now, I'm sure it's exactly like the ensemble that populated your post-college apartment, with the exception of the one that doesn't pay rent, the one who won't get a job, and the black guy who does adhere to every stereotype. Now, I saw the, the trailer for this or for that awkward moment, but really, I couldn't hear the plot amidst the pop music and sound effects. But I think it's about the moment in every relationship when one half of a couplet thinks the relationship is more permanent than the other. It's the softer side of bros before hoes. So when one of these three guys gets dumped by his girlfriend, they all decide... Then the way we should all we should probably say which character we're talking about. No, I don't think so. They're all pretty much the same, Paul. Uh, we might be doing a disservice, I'm thinking, if we can't be more specific. All right, fair enough. <clears throat> When the actor, serving as the plot point, gets dumped by his girlfriend, the other two clueless dudes offer their support, and everyone promises no more girlfriends. Then things get complicated when one of the friends is found out to be dating a girl. Gay. <laughs> the word relationship gets easily maligned in our culture. So many people hear it and automatically think it means you're dating someone or having sex with them, when really the term relationship lacks any sexual subcontext at all, and it's more or less generic, much like this movie. Yet another entry into the geyser-dumb canon of entertainment, which means you can either shell out $10 to see this or turn on your TV and catch the same motif in another rerun of Fat Guy, Hot Wife, Fridays <laughs> at 8 on ABC. <laughs> Uh, King of Queens, right? <laughs> yeah, right. The That's last one of them. <laughs> the cast is hot enough that at any moment you think one of them might become a vampire, or at least hunt them. Something. <laughs> the movie stars proven box office talent Zac Efron. Oh, Zac Efron, hot. I wonder what his cum face looks like. Sorry, that was awkward. Continually. <laughs> a bunch of levels. <laughs> As I was saying... See, Kevin, our show... Uh, anyway, continue, guys. Continue, guys. We're As having, I was saying... Within Paul, the, okay, go ahead. <laughs> this film stars Zac Efron, the Freddie Prince Jr. of future Whatever Happened to TV specials. It also stars Michael B. Jordan. Not, of course, to be confused with Michael Jordan. So do you think he's good at basketball, though? Well, he is black... <laughs> Lastly, the film also stars Miles Teller. Who? Our condolences to the casting office that wasn't able to get whoever their first choice was. Unfortunately, six-time NBA Finals MVP Michael B. Jordan's exceptional performance in Fruitvale Station might be overshadowed by this movie and him forever being known as the black guy in that awkward moment. You see, there comes a point in every black actor's career when he realizes that if he's successful enough, he'll eventually be known as the black guy from. You know, like... The black guy from Mannequin, who of course went on to a very successful sitcom career as the black guy from Designing Women. These guys all co-star opposite Imogene Poots. <laughs> I've said no joke yet. No, you didn't. Because she does have the greatest name in history, or at least the most British. It's another film set in New York City. Tower 7 was bombed! It fell on its own! 9-11 is a lie! Go to my website, everythingsalie.com! That's awkward! 
Now, because it is set in New York, it could be compared to the escapades of a group of young women dealing with their relationships in the Big Apple. But where Sex in the City was written by gay men about women for women, this movie was actually written about a man for men for nobody. <laughs> Will one or more of them break their vows and fall into another relationship? It's a movie, isn't it? You know, Paul, it does make you wonder if single women sit around making packs to stay together. Well, I don't think women are doing anything without a man telling them it's okay. Right? <laughs> it's probably because they're too busy shopping, or huh? talking on the phone. Yeah, or maxing out my Discover card. <laughs> I mean, we never should have even given them the right to vote. I mean, right? <laughs> 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 See, we filled the awkward moment preview with awkward moments. Yeah, that's yeah. what's. Uh, you you know, I always debate whether or not I want to know beforehand because <laughs> had I known that drop was going to be that hilarious, <laughs> I would have been able to keep my shit together. So. For, oh, don't you wanna, keep your. You want to read more about the bit? You can go to our website. You see, behind the bit. Go to behind the bit. <laughs> behind the pit. Yeah. You see, cuz. Dot Tumblr. So here's a table full of guys. <laughs> Are any of us going to go see this movie? <clears throat> Not unless I lose a bet. Yeah. Does it count as com community service, Kevin? <laughs> I would see it. You oh. would. In a, I've got nothing to do and nothing else looks good to me. Eh, I'll see it and then tell people later. Yeah, guess what I saw today. <laughs> <laughs> as what? a throwdown. Because no a... one will believe you. Yeah. Top that. Uh, I got uh, handcuffed by cops. I was mistaken for a guy who had just robbed a garage. But I had wow. the excuse for what I was doing, but I had to embarrassedly oh, say, awesome. I was seeing Sweet Home Alabama. Ah! Was, <laughs> I had my ticket, and I had to show him, but it was a very funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's hilarious. That you were great. actually pulled over? Walking home from Chicago, the one, the uh, the theater that was on Western. Uh, oh, the big one? That big, big one. one they built? Yeah, yeah like Western In the middle of nowhere. Right? In the middle of nowhere. Right? Yeah, I used to go there on Sundays and stay in there all day, because nobody would watch you. you just go from movie to movie <laughs> to movie. I walked home one night, and then as I got to Halstead, I had made a left, and then there were cops just patrolling yeah, around. Not a good neighborhood. Right? Not at all. Yeah. I uh, was doing that walk where you're walking, and if you see a cab, you'll take it. If you see a bus, you'll take it. Otherwise, mm -hmm. eh, I'll walk it if I have to. Yeah. A bunch of cop cars are swirling around. One sees me, pulls up on the sidewalk, and there was a guy who was my height, wearing a blue jacket, who had just robbed <coughs> a place, and they were looking for him. Whoa. I fit the description enough that they could pull me over. Got me on the car, <laughs> emptied my pockets, and because I had my stuff, uh, I yeah. just the two thirty showing of Sweet Al, Al Sweet Alabama. Yeah, just let go him go. Just go to go. prison. <laughs> That's great. I probably would have taken the rap. Yeah. It was me. Maybe it's an overnighter at the jail. You're not going <laughs> yeah. like, to deep. D do, you know, you're not going to county. Yeah, you know, you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. I did feel okay because they, they asked me, well, how was it? And <laughs> I, to which I could only respond, she's so charming. <laughs> That's Reese. That's the one that launched Reese. Reese. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the one that That's launched. That's a good movie story. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I am not going to see this movie, and I would not do it. Um, it. I have no idea what it's about. We watched this trailer three times. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Well, here's the question I have: Is that this is supposed to appeal to like younger people than us because these are fun young guys doing fun young guy stuff? Oh, they're. They're Asian. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, <laughs> by the way, again, Lee does the. Movie guys for kids every Saturday morning. The fun young guys. I love that. I mean, it's right there. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah, look. Of course. Syllable wise. I had to swat it, it away. I'm not doing the joke. I'm just. Batting, I want to do the joke. Yeah. I'm just, just batting that there. fruit out of the my. my. 
So it is for young guys, but I'm not. Uh, but I don't even know if this is gonna like if you're gonna go watch somebody be kind of clever and chummy and stuff. You're gonna wait for Jonah Hill's next comedy oh, or yeah. Seth Rogen. I'd rather you know. watch the, the Rogan Gang. I saw Twenty One Jump Street. Have you seen that? No, it's fantastic. Oh my God. It's is it really, really fantastic. Yeah, that's good to hear. Really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I should see that before the next one comes out, which is like in a couple of months. Just, yeah, they're already. It's making just the one next of those one, things yeah. where you like, you know, like Jonah Hill. I, I mean, I always like Jonah Hill, but you're also kind of dubious. You're like, mm, you're kind of popular kind of quickly, and you might be just kind of playing certain roles or whatever. But like, you watch Twenty One Jump Street, and I think he wrote that too, or maybe he's uncredited as writing it. It's part. Of, it was a project by his agency that it was yeah. make a project for yourself. But I mean, so, he really yeah. like. Kind put of it together. At least supervised the writing or did some writing on it or whatever. But it's just like the the funniness of it. You're just like, okay, he's a legitimate talent. Like I didn't have to wait for this movie that he's nominated for. I saw Twenty One Jump Street and I was like, oh, he's a legitimate talent. Yeah. But awkward moment doesn't know what it is because the fr- I, we watched this trailer three times and the first like minute of the trailer. It feels like somebody's about to stab somebody else. Somebody's going to get killed. It they're could wa- turn yeah. cynical yeah. immediately and someone dies. And you're completely surprised that none of them are vampires and they're not feeding on each other. And, and it's then, shallow grave, right? Yes. They're just roommates, but then one of them steals some money and the other kills the other and boom. <laughs> and then there's a music cue change and oh no, it's about you know relationships and buddies and hey, chumming around. But here's the problem I have. And I'm going to play this little clip because I haven't played a clip from it yet. Of, uh, oh, please. Of, well, here, I'll show you. <laughs> Which one of you idiots uses self-tanner? I do. Why? Because I thought it was lotion. What? And now my junk is orange. <laughs> oh, no. That looks like a traffic cone. It looks like a sad giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sad giraffe is funny, but now they're, they're, this is a joke for a joke's sake in the middle they, of the They middle. are laughing, right? They're having a great time. Sure. If a guy comes out, shows me his cock, that's the awkward moment. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's. I don't care if I'm living with you, especially if I'm living with you. Hey, check out my cock. And I stole something from you that I misused it, and now I'm on <laughs> my cock. Yeah, <laughs> now I'm impaired. I have such a great track record of not seeing a roommate naked in ever, almost ever. I think Adam and I have been friends since college. Yeah, I could not pick your penis out of a lineup. Yeah, exactly. And that's the way I want it to stay. Sure, <laughs> that was probably your plan. Right? That yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. I don't even work at it, but it kind of naturally happens that I've never seen Adam naked, and yeah. I would not walk into a room and go, "Hey, guys." Look what's happening down here. No, never. Because I do some good manscaping, but I'm not going to show it off. By the way, I'm also not going to walk into a room and say, hey, guys, I unsuccessfully masturbated. (laughs) (laughs) I did this all wrong. And it's your fault. Can, somebody, can, can one of you guys help me out next time with some tips? On- I mean, this is just this is a bumbling effort on my part. You know what? I I don't know if I realized that's what he was doing. Oh yeah, lotion. It. I was like, I was like to because why are you? Because the truth is, because I go with gold. Black bond guys moisturize more than white guys. Yeah, but everyone, they get ashy, right? But you got to gold bond your junk. You don't moisturize. Yeah, your well, junk. I, just, I I guess I thought that too. I thought well, I don't know. He's moisturizing because black guys moisturize right. and they must moisturize their dicks. Ashy cock is the worst. I guess would be right. Because <laughs> I'm a but, I've never moisturized, the but you're right. You're right. He was jerking off. Based I on just caught hearing that. it. I mean, I, I thought it was lotion. You're I just right. figured it out too. Which one of you idiots used I a sun Why? Because I thought it was lotion. What? And now my junk is orange. Ah! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now my penis is orange because I did not read the label because I was so insatiable <laughs> that I did not even check what I was putting on my body because I had to get this out of me. <laughs> I Kevin, thank Perfect. you for that. It could have, been, sure. could have been salad dressing. This guy didn't care. <laughs> uh, like whatever is whatever is there. I'm not doing this dry. Salad. He's intent on not doing it dry. <laughs> there must be something that is used. I put this question to a lot of people, Kevin. Now that you're here, I will throw it in front of your face, and it's and it is an awkward question. 
but this yeah. awkward question. I've had friends be like, oh, yeah, we're, we brought girls home, and I brought brought this up last night in our writing meeting. I brought girls home, and I had sex with them, and over on the couch, my friend was having sex with the other girl. If there's a big, <laughs> engorged, you know, red penis in the same room where you, with you where you're having sex, mm-hmm. can you can you keep going? I've only found myself in that instance once, and it was weird in college, and it was people in the same room, but it was just weird because you're also curious about what's going on over there. Yeah. That was my only experience with it. Mm. Uh, was the other girl hotter than the one you were with? No, but she was different than who yeah. I was with, so that's so always the Already, interested. Yeah. <laughs> already yeah. bored with the girl you're with. <laughs> she yeah. she wasn't him. the one I was with, so of course I wanted to be with that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, wishy I just looked, If I looked over and just saw a, gi- a giant cock, I, I just, was, I'm out. It was too dark to see, and I... Yeah, I would have been out too. I would yeah. not... I will not ever voluntarily walk into that situation. Right, right. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is look over her shoulder and see your face. That's all. You know, I don't. Why are you choosing yeah. me? Well, you're sitting there. just met. You're you were in the room. <laughs> right. There are two other men you could turn to with just as much ease. No, these guys are hand. No. It just goes to show you, it doesn't matter whose face is. It's a guy there. Sure. I'm out. Sure. Now, I have to say, a friend of mine revealed once that he had been in a three way with a woman and another guy. Oh, mm-hmm. God. That's, it I was would've... a friend of his. Oh. And and it just like I mean it didn't really paint the person, but it was thrown out so casually. I was like, it, it makes me realize now that's also the most straight thing you can do because like I'm gonna get me some of this pussy no matter. I don't give a fuck if there's a guy in the room. <laughs> like I I also I, I think I see that angle from the friend of mine who was just like tossed it off like yeah yeah I was being another guy. But I have to wonder what? about. <laughs> I mean, have you ever been presented with the opportunity? No, neither have I. So it, it, you accidentally found yourself in the situation. And I don't work to avoid it, and nor has it ever been kind of just thrust upon me. So, what kind of life am I living? Because most everyone has this story. Although there is kind of <laughs> that, I, there is that kind of that moment sometimes where you're at the end of the party, and it's like you and another guy and a girl, and you can't tell if she likes you or whatever. And then I, somebody's got to okay. say I that makes up. sense. I got to give up. Yeah, there. if you stay to the bitter end, that seems like a bitter end <laughs> uh, type strategy. Uh-huh. To, I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you know how you see like Harvey Keitel's penis in movies? Uh, you and do. Now, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. now Jonah Hill. Uh, it was prosthetic, but they were right in Mark Wahlberg at the in Boogie Nights and all that. So, but but like you think when they show Michael B. Jordan's penis, we get to see it because I don't often see black penis on screen unless it's like twelve years of slave. And why would it turn orange? It just doesn't seem like those two things together. Yeah. How would you know on a black penis? Because. Self tanner. They're on not always orange. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> Self tanner is orangish, but if you put it on the right skin, it's tannish. But if you go under a black light, it looks green, dark green. So maybe on a black eye, Wait a it minute. goes when orange. Have you been under black light with self tanner? Have you ever seen? No, have you ever seen a person like in a club or somewhere no. with black light, and it's a woman with like self tanner? They no. tur- they look like the Hulk. <laughs> you ever, you've ever seen that? Oh, no, that's yeah. Cool. Like I saw like a woman once somewhere where there was like black light, and she had self tanner on, and she turned into the Hulk. She looked like dark green. It's that's really hilarious. weird under black light. Anyway, so I thought maybe so that's She-Hulk, awkward. Black penis, the She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, before actually, before we leave uh, that awkward moment, I think why the, the fuck are we still talking <laughs> about? <laughs> about <laughs> oh, we've talked about a masturbation <laughs> joke for a long time. We really have. But I imagine they will in the movie. So it's a, maybe it's an homage sure. in the long run. But this movie probably like a getaway before it. Uh, getaway get gives us get another away. chance to play Borscht Belt movie reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you the uh, what the awkward moment was during the pitch session for this movie. <laughs> the runtime for this movie is 94 minutes, which means the awkward moment lasts over an hour and a half. 
<laughs> that awkward moment when you see this movie credited on your IMDb page. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that awkward moment when you realize your residuals from High School Musical are running out. And you make this thing is what you do. <laughs> that awkward moment when your summer movie is released in January. Hey. <laughs> Try the waitress. Tip your veal or whatever. Try, tip your veal. <laughs> Try the waitress. I did. Order her rare. All right, there you go. We got to do something to liven up the January movies. Luckily, we'll, when we're back next week, it'll be February because there's not much to get excited about. So thankfully, that is the last of them. Let's do this then. Yes. With that behind us, we are now freed up before 2013 gets too far in our rearview mirror to do our 2013 year in review. Hey, year in review. Twenty. All right, lots to cover in another busy year for movies, and one that might break another box. One other podcast has songs, (laughs) and we have to introduce their segments. Now they're going to tally up uh, the totals for box office with The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog, Frozen, Hunger Games, Catching Fire. Could be a box office uh, record year, but let's get to everything that happened movie-wise last year. Here we go. First up, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Noticeably missing the word massacre from the title. Apparently the filmmakers are pulling a KFC and changing the name in hopes of tricking you into thinking that it won't kill you. Gangster Squad, all the fun of Dick Tracy without all that annoying Madonna. A haunted house. Marlon Wayans, or Sean, co-creator of the original Scary Movie, made what looked like Scary Movie 6, but they can no longer use the word movie in a parody title because that has turned into a reason to not go see a movie. The Last Stand. It's high noon. If Gary Cooper were old, roided out, and had a nearly unintelligible accent. I thought you were going to pull out the discus one. (laughs) There it is. All right, back to the thing. Guillermo del Toro presents Mama. Adopting feral kids who were raised in the woods for five years? What could possibly go right? (laughs) Broken City. Not to be confused with with Mad City, because nothing is confused with Mad City. (laughs) Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Can't get enough of exploding wood? There's plenty of that here, along with Jimmer Arterton from Quantum of Solace and Jeremy Renner from Everything Else. Parker. Not since Jack Reacher has a title to a movie so succinctly suggested the name of its lead character. Warm bot, <clears throat> warm bodies. I... How many more of these do we have? Seriously, I, so far we've just gotten through January. That's it. It yeah. is. It is the year in review, Paul. Yeah, so if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to. Can we? No. No, I think we're done. All, All right, right, that's that's yeah, it. We'll do February. Good lord, yeah. that was tiring just doing the <laughs> January movies. Why did we you know go some back? people just do the best movies? But I thought <laughs> the year in review—that's that is the year in review. I thought hey, we cranked through the year in, in, in five yeah. minutes. God, yeah. we're only at the end of January. <laughs> Fuck this bit. All right, we'll be back February uh, movies next week if time permits. Let's get back to 2014. And right now, 2014 is a buzz with news from the Sundance Film Festival. <gasps> if you've ever read our indie report articles on themovieguys.net, you know we're big champions of indie film, and we always like promoting the names of filmmakers who will one day be world renowned. So our movie gal Karen is in Park City, Utah, just about to fly home. 
and they gave out the awards and are packing things up. So let's go to Karen now for this report from the world's largest independent film festival. Karen? Thanks, Paul. The snow's picked up here a little bit. Let me step into the Volkswagen Indie Filmmakers Lounge, and maybe I can avoid some of the weather. Well, as you mentioned, Paul, the Home Depot Sundance Film Festival Awards have been given out. As you know, the Short Film Audience Award, presented by YouTube, went to Channel Perilous, and the Documentary Audience Award, presented by Acura, went to Alive Inside. Other independent filmmaking awards given out this weekend to honor the best in independent spirit include the GoDaddy.com Character Freedom Award. This goes to the filmmaker whose film shows the greatest bold opposition to traditional values in society. That award went to GoDaddy CEO Blake Irving's daughter, Melinda, for her documentary, How to Search for Domain Names. I had a chance to run into her at the Panasonic 3-in-1 printer's reception area, and she was humbled by the experience. You know, I've seen a lot of faces around Build-A-Bear Workshop Park City this weekend. Multiple faces that one day might win their own Western Digital Electronic Storage Devices Grand Jury Prize. Or the da-da-da-da-da, I'm loving a McDonald's and McRib is back World Cinema Award. You can see the hope on such Buck the System filmmakers as Academy Award winner Gwyneth Paltrow, Academy Award winner Anne Hathaway, and that dude who scraped together such financial success on Kickstarter that he never had to touch his scrubs residuals. I'm telling you, Paul, there are success stories everywhere. Just last night at the Planters Peanuts Movies and Art Shack, I was talking to a young actress named Selena Gomez about the true meaning of the word independent. Seriously, she didn't know what it meant. Back to you in the studio. Thanks, Karen. That's a great report and uh, rather clear, even with all the weather up there. We got a nice feed to the Admirals Club here. Nice. Karen, are you still there? Oh, Karen, Karen. is Still that there? she on the line? Oh, she nope. okay. gone. She's well, probably skiing. Well, I mean, the thing ended a couple days ago. She wants to get out of here. Oh, yeah, she's on the plane. <laughs> Look, stay there until we do our show Wednesday night. <laughs> Chime in with us, and then you can leave. Best oh, laid plans. Thank God there's still a venue for uh, independent film. Yeah, it's the world's largest independent yeah. movie festival. There you go. All right, well, listen, if we're going to be timely in our conversation with Talk of the Sundance Film Fest, we wouldn't want to neglect mentioning the Super Bowl, oh, yeah. which pits the Seattle Seahawks versus the Denver Broncos in cold-ass New York, New Jersey. Table, your thoughts? Very cinematic. I don't know why I said that. Is because it's in New York? It's because the Broncos helmets look like the helmets from Last Boy Scout, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what was that team? Ah, what was it? The Stallions? The New York Stallions? Like New that. York Mustangs? Any given Sunday was rough, right? Just because they couldn't use any NFL team, so they're all wacky. Uh, the Moose or whatever, right? Like, oh, <laughs> we should assemble the actual, like, uh, all the fake teams from all the fake movies. Wildcats, oh, yeah, they're all fake teams. And yeah. why is it that fake teams idea. look so fake? I know. Well, I mean, every team was... Uh, before it was a team, it wasn't a team. So when they first came out with, you know, the like Rams, a, you're like, oh, the Rams. But yeah. I think the closest thing to like a fake NFL movie team is like the Panthers, right? They just, yeah. they, they have right. Some, right? Yeah, Their uniforms exactly. look That's fake. a fake helmet. That's, That's a, fake, a helmet. fake helmet. Absolutely. That's fake a total helmet. movie oh, helmet. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, who's the other? And they're from Carolina. Like they would give Carolina yeah. a franchise in, in a real football league. <laughs> yeah, they look like a fake football team. You know, Cleveland's I, a fake football team, but only based on the way they play. You know what I s- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> if they get taken away again, are you... Uh, if I'm they, out. If the Browns go away, I'm out. are you going to scream for them to come back again? Uh, no, I, we don't deserve it. They don't. <laughs> they shouldn't have one. They're, you know... 
Do we, you, you happy with the new coach? I do we have one? They did, yeah. They, they got a guy. They it wasn't fired a guy. No, it wasn't Bill Cower or a name as a guy. Yeah, they, yeah. He, he's his days are numbered. <laughs> he's been on the job three weeks. His days are numbered. Yeah. It's the pot bowl. Someone made that point. Yeah. I That's honestly, honestly point. didn't realize the Super Bowl was this Sunday. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought we had like two weeks in between. Yeah, we do. Has that already it's been happened? A week and a half oh, since the last yeah. game. <laughs> So you're correct on one side of it. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention, sorry. Fair enough. <laughs> Who, who's going to win? Uh, team scores most points. That's how. <laughs> and that's the segment. You notice uh, how when, as soon as the movie guys tried to talk sports, it just kind of went. Oh, I backed up from my microphone. <laughs> I knew that I'd be safe back here. He literally pushed away from the table. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We'd rather talk about football movies. I'll talk about you, Last Boy Scout. Let me hit you with the movie guy question, then. Would you watch the Super Bowl? If a brand new movie premiered from your favorite filmmaker that day and you had a chance to go and see it. Oh, I'd, I'd skip out on the Super Bowl. You yeah. would? Yeah. A uh, thing you could never watch again. or well, If it's a superhero movie or they, something like uh, that, like they, Thor 2, and it's only playing that day. They replay the <laughs> Super, Super Bowl, Bowl right? Yeah. They, 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 they show that again. Someone can explain it to me and you get it on a DVD or something. Someone yeah. can explain it to me like They're C-3PO like to the Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> you think they work it into like film contracts, like if they're shooting Guardians of the Galaxy, let's say. And then they go, well, we need to have... Because like last year, they started shooting Guardians of the Galaxy, and then they flew from England to be at Comic-Con and flew back. Like they worked it into the schedule. After a week and had like a cut scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. They did. It was crazy. Got a lot of effects, so you you could crank those out without the cast there. But do you then work that in, if you're a huge football fan, into your schedule, your shooting schedule for a movie? Or are people shooting while the Super Bowl is going on? It doesn't seem right. Well, it's very complicated because the Super Bowl doesn't (laughs) want, want the winner to be leaked. (laughs) This is a Price yeah. Waterhouse Cooper yeah, thing where that, they're really keeping the That secret. script doesn't get out at all. Now you can tell by some of the weird referee calls who does win, but you know you, you got to piece that together throughout the game. <laughs> you got to pay attention. Yeah. You got to yeah. pay attention. Yeah. I'm talking to you, <laughs> Pittsburgh. That's the fun of the game. Yeah. You got to pay attention. <laughs> what do you make of it being in New York, uh, New Jersey and covered I'm, in snow and I'm cold? I'm a little torn. But, you know, snow bowls are kind of a tradition. Not Super Bowls. Usually that's a tropical place. But like a snowy uh, a game, that's kind of a football tradition. Why not the why yeah. not the Super Bowl? Also, I think, you know. I, I'm, I'm torn about it as well. Because New York sometimes pisses me off with, oh, our pizza's so awesome, whatever, and the Yankees, and, you know, we're elitist. But... Um, <laughs> Those are the three qualities but, but, of a New Yorker. But, exactly. <laughs> Pizza, Yankees, and elitism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But apparently and after uh, after uh, 9-11 is when they said, hey, maybe we should think about bringing a Super Bowl here. And then you kind of go, oh, I guess it's not a bad idea to bring something like that to town. Of course, it took them 12 years or whatever to get it done. But I mean, the, are all the parties going to be indoors? Are they going to be up the street at the next indoor venue? I mean, you can't have the... Like, Tailgating party with a huge stage with Garth Brooks playing or whatever right outside the stadium. Bru- I don't know how Bruno Mars I mean, is going to play. Is Bruno Mars going to be in Madison Square Garden up the street playing oh. the halftime? They I do mean- New Year's there in January, which is a terrible time to do New Year's in New York. <laughs> <laughs> and they do that outside. Well, they, they, they are thinking about moving that. Well, yeah, I think they're yeah. going for June or something. June. And they're going to move it to Tampa. But anyway, <laughs> June in Tampa for New Year's. That's a good point. June in Tampa. Other movies that. Uh, oh, sorry. That's that sports like a title talk with the movie, movie, guys. All right. So. 
But listen, the best part about bringing up sports is, in the great pantheon of sports films, baseball is seated at the head of the table. Mm -hmm. They're the greatest. Pride of the Yankees, Natural Field of Dreams. These are great films. Football movies have never gotten that same love from audiences and awards. But they're out there, and they have been for years. So we want to remind you of the great football films of all time. And with the Super Bowl this weekend, we actually have our first legitimate reason to do one of our favorite things on this show. Here it comes, audience. And that's call out these film titles as if they're in an old NFL Films Presents video. Bring the music! (laughs) Football. Two teams squaring off on the gridiron. Advancing in opposing directions until one squad emerges victorious. These unyielding stories of hard-fought achievement in sport have been captured for the big screen for decades. And now, the most popular pigskin tales of all time. Any given Sunday. Rudy. Varsity Blues. Necessary Roughness. Leatherheads. Brian's Song. Friday Night Lights. Little Giants. All right, there you go. It's <laughs> <laughs> always fun to do. Any excuse for that music. Yeah. I didn't think that uh, there were that many worth mentioning, and, and that's not all of them. Oh, there's more football movies? Ah, <laughs> oh, the second half has begun. <laughs> North Dallas 40. The Replacements. The Program. Remember the Titans. Johnny B. Good. Wildcats. The Longest Yard. The one with Burt Reynolds, not the one with Adam Taylor. <laughs> Air Bud, Golden Receiver. No water boy. Okay. <laughs> I think we're running out of titles. No, no, the last to... Boy Scout. No, that's not even, that's a good Point act. Break. <laughs> really? Point Break? The Room. Come on, Paul. No. Huh? Oh, hi, Mark. There you go. <laughs> a lot of good football in the room. They might know. <laughs> it's great football. Our audience has not seen The Room. Look up the room football on YouTube. Old school football, too. Pad, no pads, no helmets. No pads. Four <laughs> feet apart <laughs> <laughs> on the roof in San Francisco. Kevin, Absolutely. have you ever seen the room? No. You haven't seen I the room? Oh, I know of it, but yeah. I've never seen it. We should get a big group uh, together sometime and, and go see it. It's a, a lot of fun. It kind of goes like this. Oh, hi, Mark. There you go. That sums it up for you. <laughs> there you go. You're, now you're now you're up to speed. You know you know what it is though, yeah. right? You yell shit at it. You take uh, plastic spoons and throw them at the screen whenever an improbably framed spoon shows up on on the screen. I actually um, experienced the uh, the the co-opting of that movie. Yeah, yeah. We were in an early adopters. Yes. It turns out, and yes. then it went to five theaters at the Sundance Five or whatever it was at the time. Sunset, Sunset Le- Lemley Sunset. Yeah. yeah, and it went to five theaters, and we went there one night and ran into Alec Baldwin. Somebody saw Alec mm-hmm. Baldwin and and. Uh, the director of the movie actually introduced it. Ran into John Ryle, Ryle really, um, one of the first times we went there, and he is the he's an actor. We all know him, but we don't know his name. He was in Office Space. I I, I work with the customers. I'm good with the customers. God damn it, that guy. Oh. Okay. Um, and I remember going when we first went. We would be able to walk up, buy a ticket, sit down, and watch the movie. And we saw it like three three months in a row, right? And then we disappeared for like six months. Showed up, and it was. Around the block, down the corner, six. That theaters. whole top part like, of the Sunset Five was just surrounded by people, all the way down the escalators or all the way downstairs yeah. and everything. And it was for the for the screens or something. Yeah. And I got to it's legitimately crazy. say, I remember when. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but now it's back down to one Nobody? theater and not that packed. Nice. Yeah, the, the one in North seven. Hollywood, last place I saw. It, yeah, yeah. Oh, and it was great. good screening. Yeah, a mix of people who hadn't seen it, and people who have. Yeah. that's the one thing I never liked about Rocky Horror is if you go to see a screening of that and there's too many people there who've seen it a million times and show up every week, yeah. then they like. 
you know, they'll glare at you if you say something at the wrong time. It's like, no, I like the chaos of it. Yeah. First time I ever saw Rocky Horror, I was in a college. It was absolute bedlam. Everyone was just fucking yelling and th- throwing, screaming shit and running around. like. A, and then I went to it in Buffalo once with just, a, you know, it was all rigidly structured with the people up front who did the things with the lights on them. And it's like, come on. I was like, <laughs> I just started throwing shit and they were like looking at me crazy. So when the room is just bananas, that's when it's best. And it's remained that way every time I've seen well, it. Well, unlike much. Rocky Horror, we were able to sort of get in on the ground floor of the room, which was much more fun. We made up our own lines. We, we you know, started new traditions and, you know. Adam, and either Adam or I, or both of us, I can't quite remember who. I don't remember. We, we just laid, shout shit out. Well, but we laid claim to Scotchka. Yeah. Scotchka I, is Nobody ours. was shouting that the no first kidding. time we saw yes, it. Yes, that st- was They us. improbably, in the movie, mix scotch and vodka. vodka. They have okay. two bottles, one clear, one thing, and they pour them together, and you're like, eh, eh, what the fuck? So, yeah. Scot- <laughs> I yelled Scotchka, and I think you and I are also the two that started Bat and Pending. Kenny Star- Loggins. Kenny Loggins and- Oh, Because the guy looks just like Kenny Loggins. Okay. And um, the, <laughs> one full, of the, ha- the full house theme. Oh, everywhere you go. go. Nobody everywhere. was singing that no the one first was time we saw that. it. Because they show the exact shot of San Francisco of the, the houses. They use that B-roll? Yes. <laughs> yes. So now everybody's singing Actually, that. Actually, I think it's a reshoot, but it's, it's the exact same wow. It was the exact <laughs> same shot. The biggest laugh I ever got was because he does look like Kenny Loggins. And we started shouting out Kenny Loggins titles, but there was an improbable. Somebody said, you know, what's wrong, Mark? And there was a complete silence. And I said, oh, I'm all right. Don't nobody worry about me. <laughs> and then nobody was shouting. So I actually got that out clear. It was great. Or talk to me, Goose. I think you got. Talk to me, Goose. You got talk to me, Goose, too. <laughs> so. Anyway, so that's the room. So that's football. <laughs> <laughs> football. All right, enough of that nonsense. Let's, uh, we got a shitload of other nonsense to get to. So let's talk to our guest. Yeah. Oh, Kevin when did he show up? Everybody. <laughs> it's been a real whole show. Uh, Kevin uh, runs, uh, as I mentioned at the top, a podcast called um, Funny Because It's True, and it's a storytelling podcast, and is that, uh, you go there and that's what you get, right? Yeah, basically. I've heard it on, on iTunes, available on iTunes, I should say, and uh, if you search it on YouTube, it comes up. And you can go see it yeah. live at Second City. Uh, yeah. Is it, what uh, what day what uh, day of the month is Every it? Every other Monday Every other Monday. 10. Okay. Had one this Monday. Oh, you have so it twice a month? I do. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you get really cool. So I got to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. I, I shit the bed, of course. I, I can never do these things. <laughs> I, I sign up for. It, I'm like, oh, I gotta get back on stage. Yeah, I'll do it. And I go and shit the bed. I shit the bed on that uh, storytelling thing with the anyway. The Hollywood Fight Club. Yeah, it's really, yeah. Right. Oh, sorry, right, right, I brought that up. Right Club. No, <laughs> right club. Uh, well, at least it's not right recorded. Club. I'm. Uh, but anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> but but it's uh. But you get really good storytellers. Everybody had really good stories. Yeah. Really fun. It's a really fun atmosphere. Adam. You're doing great tonight. Thank you. You're doing all great right. tonight. This... You are not eating it at all. <laughs> I nail. You're doing great. <laughs> uh, it's great. I do one at the beginning, one at the end. The reason I even started the show is because I started doing The Moth and loved it, but because the way the story slams are set up, that you sign up and you may not get chosen, but you come in there fully prepared and then you don't get chosen. So It's like stand-up. Yeah. It's like an open mic. So you're like, I'm going to tell this somewhere, right? I'm going to tell this somewhere, <laughs> so I'm going to make my own show where I'm guaranteed to go each time, and now I've done it for three years, so I have... Many, 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 many stories. That's what, awesome. What, yeah, so you're always got to be looking for stories. I mean, it's much like if you are doing constant stand-up, like everything becomes a bit. Mm-hmm. Like you must be just ultra-focused on uh, everything in your life. You're like, is this is this something I could is tell? Is this something cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like you don't actually live your life, Kevin? Oh, <laughs> you just constantly in search for a new story. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never want to get to the Spalding Gray point where he's... <laughs> Just starting thing. He's doing things on purpose just to have the story, yeah. and then eventually walking into a river. <laughs> yes, don't yeah. do that. I won't. Don't do that. Kevin. I won't. Cautionary tale. I already <laughs> took the lesson. Yeah, the one I listened to is one where you got robbed. The one I got mugged. Yeah, you got mugged. Yeah. Uh, 
tense, a tense story. Yes. Yeah, I thought. I was. I had a gun on my side. Oh, shit. Uh, I don't know how much you guys want me to tell it. because I, I haven't heard this one. Really? I can do it real fast. Well, real, before you start, yeah. but I do want to hear it. I, uh, the, the the idea of getting mugged used to be like so a sitcom gag. Like, yeah. oh, I got mugged on the way to work. Like, it was this no big deal? Like, everyone got <laughs> mugged. But it is a gun in your face. It is it is life and death, right? Like, yeah, the, like well, you love Cheers, right? Yeah. There, there's a joke where Woody talks about how he's been mugged 127 yeah. times, you know, and it was always this throwaway incident. Like, it was, ah, no big deal. Guy put a gun on my a face. A guy pulled lawn. out a gun in Cheers once because he was all pissed at something. Yeah. And that was the bit. He's like, I got a gun and I'm crazy. They talked him down. But that's a horrifying, yeah. situation, horrifying situation if you think about it for two seconds. Kevin. Chicago, Rogers Park, 4 a.m. That'll do it. <laughs> November 2001. I had just been on oh, a... Oh, that'll do it. This'll do it. I've been on a two-week out-of-town trip, so I had a lot of luggage with me. And because I've been traveling all day, I just stuck my uh, wallet and keys in my backpack. Yeah. So I walk at 4 a.m., realize I don't have my front door keys. I only have my back door keys. So I have to go into the alley, which our entrance to Oh, our you're back. already home. And you? Oh, I'm so going, close. Oh, God. oh, I'm within inches. I'm fourth in inches from my house. I thought you were just going to say the more stop, and I was no. like, "That's where you're dapping." <laughs> so as I'm walking along the deserted street, about to go into the alley, I see a car stop, uh-uh. and then whip into the alley ahead of me and pull ahead to about 20 feet away from the gate that I am trying to get to. Fuck. So I'm standing at the side of the building, 20 feet from the gate that I'm trying to get to. So we're equidistant from it, and all I keep thinking is, "Please let this be a back alley blowjob." and that they've not gone fishing and found a mark. (laughs) But I knew they were waiting for me. I just felt it. So I tightened my backpack. I grabbed all my luggage and ran as fast as I possibly could with 50 pounds of luggage on me, got to the back door, put my key in it, but it was one of those where you got to hit that sweet spot, but I didn't quite get it, but I finally did, threw all my bags in, and I rushed in, and right as I was closing it, a hand grabs it, (gasps) slams it open, shoves a gun on my side, pushes me into a corner, and our transaction begins. The thing I realized about myself, which I thought was pretty awesome, because as a kid, you always have an imagination of what you're going to act like in certain t- things. Martial arts. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win. I'm going to be awesome. Or wrestle I'm, it out of his hand. I'm going to be Indiana Jones, was my always thought. Uh, I'm just holding on to my bladder. That's all I'm hope, hoping for. Reach for the clip release. That's always my kid <laughs> thought. Like, oh, get the clip release. Get the clip release. <laughs> he can't shoot his gun. It's a good method. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Jason Bourne. Of course. Yeah. Time. I mean, if you know how to do it, it's a fantastic thing. Uh, if you get three takes to try it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I realized I got very calm, very collected, mm-hmm. and talked him down. And the, only, the main thing I'm so proud of of that moment was when he was leaving, he said, lie down, lie down on the ground. I said, oh, yeah. lie down on the effing ground. I don't know if you can curse on here. Sure. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Lie down on the fucking ground. And I got really calm, and I said, no. <clears throat> Would you? If you were in my position, would mm. you? The things you think of in this moment, right? Wow. But yeah, I was just like, focused. Where's that I did come not, from? I did not want to lie down. There was something just told me not to lie down, but then he accepted it and left. But it was one of those, uh, but right after he left, when I'm just feeling great, and suddenly I have this moment of, what the fuck did you just do? <laughs> Standing up to a guy with a gun and being a smartass? Good wow. for you. No, no, no. They, they need to learn. Yeah, he needed to learn the lesson because all he took. And was, I think you're the one to tell him. Yeah, I think this was my time. Yeah, you know more what, so Kevin? than myself. I honestly, uh, uh, all 
in all seriousness, I would have said the same thing. I would have said, I am not lying down on this ground. Yeah. But it would be because I wouldn't want to get dirty whatever I'm wearing. I mean, I, the, I know where my head would go. My head would go, oh, fuck, you're going to, really? It's no need to get dirty now. You got my money. Just leave. It happened to me once I, I slipped and cut my head open at a bakery I was working at, and I was getting up and a, some blood dripped on the ground, and I knew I'd hit my head, and my first thought... Fucking got to get new headshots. <laughs> Damn it! Like, who cares about if I'm like her? I could be, you know, horribly scarred. Hit the eyebrow and it grew yeah. over. So I'm See, okay. Paul, you know, okay. I'm like, yeah. I'm All sure right. whatever shirt I'm jacket yeah. I'm wearing doesn't need to be dragged. Here's clean. a question I'll throw yeah. out to the room because I've always had that thought that my main concern about getting robbed is when I have like a lot of money on me. Like you take out a bunch. Well, or what you do is you throw or, up on your money. Yeah, throw up on your money. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, if you got like a hundred bucks in your your wallet or whatever, that's when I'm like, well, now you know, I, I, yeah, it's, yeah. It's weird. but don't you kind of want to have a hundred bucks because then they then they're like that's a good score right you don't want to just have 10 that guy's gonna like want to want more he's gonna want to take your whatever credit cards or loot your house or whatever but if you have a hundred that's gonna get rid of that guy because like well shit who has a hundred bucks in their wallet i'm out of here i don't know to play devil's advocate yeah yeah please could that also be something where this guy's got a hundred obviously he's got more Mm. let's beat him until he gives it to me yeah and he lives right here (laughs) and it's probably inside right yeah well, I've never been mugged. I don't. I have no idea what I would do. We're well, lucky he lucky got away because in the story he said he, he got like thirty four bucks, but mm-hmm. left you the wallet. Like Let that's me, the part that would freak me out. Is like he gets all the other important information. He took the wallet back, gave him the money, put the wallet back, and he split. And again, yeah. I'm practical. Lucky. I would I would be traumatized and upset, but I would be really pissed that I'm inconvenienced that I have to cancel credit cards, get my driver's license, yeah. and reissue my. You know, just take the money. Don't th- hassle me with the dirty yeah. clothes and the thing. I think know? that would be my negotiation with the guy. Would be like, leave my driver's license. Don't make me stand in the DMV line. You know yeah, what I'm exactly. talking about. Like, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, he being, would. You know this sucks. You know. Somewhere, yeah. somewhere you're Just leave yeah. that. You have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a new concept to you. You know this is going to suck for me. And, the, and so, okay, so you thought you were going to be Indiana Jones, which leads me to a question we ask what, what, every what, guest what? on here. I said that earlier. Yeah. He's going to be a hero, you know, yeah. oh, hero. Oh, in, that thought, moment, yeah. in that moment. Yeah. And say, <laughs> not, that, not when he grew I up. I thought you said I was going to be an Indiana Jones. He was going to be in. Oh, no, oh, in. He's going to be Indiana Jones. And an Indiana Jones. You missed the whole part where he put out the whip and he whipped the gun out of the burglar's hand. <laughs> well, I thought he was going to be in the movie. I'm like, wait a minute. We need to hear that story. No, but speaking of movies, <laughs> as we often do, what is your favorite movie of all time? <laughs> uh, this segs nicely. Yeah, I thought it might. Raiders of the Lost Ark. There we go. Down, up and down. The room is full of My love for Raiders. Guess. Ding, ding, ding. That yeah. is the correct answer. Awesome. I'm glad I won that one. Yes. Yeah, the room yeah. is full of love On for to the bonus movie. round, Kevin. Great. I'm glad I made you know the decision the, when I was the 10. Best, the best description of Raiders I ever heard somebody talking about, a seamless movie. Yeah. That is that is the very definition of a seamless movie. There is no moment in that movie where you feel, oh, we've reached the end of this, we're headed to this, even though they have the maps and stuff like that. But it, it just really like each thing flows into the next. So well. That's a very seamless movie. Mm-hmm. There's some things they would do in the novelization or the comic version oh, yeah, of it. Yeah. The, the thing that I always wanted to see was him having to stay on that periscope for the duration of the summer. That's right. I, I always want to see that. I always want to see that. Because in the comic, they denote it as he had to wrap his whip. Oops. They yeah, he had to whip had... around him. So he would stay up there because he would sleep while he was up there. That uh, was one thing from the comic. See, I was worried the thing was going to submerge on him. Like, how the hell did he even get That's there? right. Yeah. They justified it with they were so excited in the submarine that they didn't feel like submerging uh, too deep. They could stay at periscope depth the whole time. Mm. Yeah, well, at least they show the thing going into the island mm-hmm. still yeah. above still water. Up, yeah. That's, you know, it gets worse with Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, my least favorite movie of all time, <laughs> where uh, there's a scene where I've got worse. Shia LaBeouf you, is in the trees, right? And the monkeys, the monkeys see him. And then he and the monkeys go and attack communists. <laughs> it takes the novelization the to 50s. explain that. 
the monkeys have the same pompadour hairdo as Shia LaBeouf, and they think he's one of them. So they join him on his uh, quest to fight communists. Now, that's a terrible explanation. It when is. When you really could easily is. say that the Crystal Skulls have some sort of mind thing that, that draws them to anybody that's been in contact with the whatever, you know? You could write that off. Yeah. Or don't do a scene where monkeys attack communists. There it is. Yeah. There it is. There's the other option. <laughs> and, and yeah. Save yeah. yourself from explaining. But but good point. Yeah. I think that is one monkeys attacking communists away from not being a terrible movie. Like I, I think that I find that watchable, except for that. That's where you and I differ. Yeah. <laughs> we should. That's watch where it you and sometime. I part ways. Let's watch it. Sometime. I tried. I told you I tried. Nah, nah, and then halfway halfway through, I, I, I walked into the quicksand scene, and then I was like, I didn't know. Okay. It's the Superman four of Indiana Jones movies. It whenever is. you it's find the, it's the quest for peace yeah. of uh, Indiana Jones. Whenever you find yourself saying, "God, I wish I wish Christopher Reeve had made one more Superman movie." Oh, he did. I just don't think of those. <laughs> 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 well, then it, then the, that means the next Indiana Jones movie won't, won't have Harrison Ford. It'll be a full reboot, and I'm not excited about that. Oh, I'd be excited about that. Mm. All the shit you could do with a rebooted uh, Indiana Jones. A different. Oh, yeah, go for it. Wow. More I movies is my... Yeah, yeah, good. If they can make 27 James Bond movies and 20 of them are pretty watchable, you know, let's, go think River, let's reboot Indiana Jones. Do you think River Phoenix would have been playing the new Indiana oh, Jones? Oh, that, that would be Right, because he was the young... Yeah, cool. That might have been cool, actually. That, that might have been, been cool. Oh, yeah. All right, well, back uh, from the greatest movie of all time to... What did you see this week? What did you see this week? And I know we're going to talk about one of my favorite movies of the year, I believe. What do you got? I did see Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Me too. Me and too. Did you? Okay. It's catch-up. It's, it's Oscar catch-up time. This is my, like, I got Now, there's left. a lot of things I'll, I can and will say about this movie, um, but one of them that I thought was interesting is I'm watching it and I'm thinking, how different is this from Leo's real life? <laughs> <laughs> Minus some drugs, sure. I think this is about how Leo lives. <laughs> yeah. he, or at least he could. Yeah, absolutely. So it wasn't much. I thought it was a, it was a great movie. I'm not as in love with it as Paul is. Uh, the the Quaalude scene is absolutely remarkable. Oh my god! I actually thought the music. Oh, you did see have you seen one? it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. I thought the music was oddly choiced. It took me out of the scenes every Sometimes. once in a while. There was just like. Um, uh, I don't sound. even remember. You said that, and yeah. I remember all the songs from American Hustle, but I don't remember any of them from Wolf of Wall Street, really. Yeah. Both use the same sort of m mostly songs, not so much score yeah. that, that Goodfellas did years ago. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing I saw was all three Godfathers on TBS this weekend. So I'm, I think I'm going to officially Jesus. usher in the TBS movie review for the weekend, because this is what happens. TBS movie review. Did they do it as one, two, and three, yes. or did they do it as Saga? Well, they did it. What do you mean? What's the difference? They do a thing uh, sometimes called the Godfather Saga, where yeah. they'll actually put it in a chronological order, so it's not... So Robert so De Niro is the first thing you see. Yeah, so it starts with Young Vito. Through. No, no, this is movies one, two, and three, okay, yeah. but they did them over and over all weekend, oh, wow. right? Mm -hmm. So no matter when you tune in. <coughs> and what the thing it makes you realize is that three is just horrible. It really is just not a it good movie. Been good. It, it could have been, been good. It could have been good. The best part of three is the first 20 minutes of three, where it's all flashbacks of one and two, yeah. <laughs> and they're just <laughs> catching you up to speed. Godfather Three is the Superman three of yes. Godfather movies. You're like, I wish they'd made one more of these. And then I the did. last, I just yeah. don't watch it. And then the last <laughs> thing I'll say about the Godfather movies in my in what I saw this week was, um, you just said a seamless movie. God, I had I've always liked Godfather, but I've never had mm -hmm. this like love or affinity for it. Yeah. I, I'm getting there. It's it is yeah. an absolutely and there's a, not a wasted scene, not a wasted breath. Everything moves into everything yeah, else. First one's it's phenomenal. just yeah, it's amazingly well done. Have you ever read the book? No, I haven't. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. Yeah. how different 
this would have been had they adapted it completely. Mm. Wow. So, you know, the whole uh, Johnny Fontaine character that's yeah. based on Frank Sinatra and such. Yeah. Yeah. He's huge in the book. Really? He actually goes on to make the movie, the From Here to Eternity uh, type huh. movie. Then he goes on to win an Oscar for it. And there's a big thing where he and the winner of the Best Actress Award are put into a room and they're forced to have sex with each other at this Whoa. big Hollywood party. There's also another big subplot, and this always blew my mind as I was reading it as a young man. The woman who becomes the mistress of Sonny Corleone, the woman he bangs up against the door at the wedding. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things in the book is how endowed Sonny Corleone is. He's famous for it. His uh, member is so oh, big. So that's that, why they got James Caan. And, that's, <laughs> and that is why uh, in the wedding scene, there's one, his wife is saying, oh, oh. That's what she's doing. She's talking about how big he is. So the woman that he bangs up against the, up against the door has in the book a large vagina. She is the only woman who has ever been able to take Sonny Corleone in fully. So now suddenly he is obsessed with her sexually, so he takes her on and makes her a mistress. How different. And in the book, and this is why I'm all leading to this, there's a big plot where, you know, she goes to a doctor and has her vagina tightened when Sonny Corleone dies. And uh, the doctor, uh, there's one line in it where he wanted to try out his handiwork. (laughs) And whoa, I mean, it is amazing. How many times has that worked? Uh, that once. That once in a book from the 70s. But that just fascinated me of just that this is... movie, this iconic movie that has such big scenes that you just think of that the book has so many ridiculous things. Wow. Such hmm. great cuts. Wow. Well, yeah. It's great cuts. Great cuts. But I love that. What did you see this week? On TBS. <laughs> The worst way to watch a movie. It happens to me every it's weekend. It's so lazy. You just turn the TV on, right? Yes. And the reason they do it is they, or the reason I do it is they, they, they will run it over and over yeah, yeah. and over again. So you, don't so have you to... eventually catch it all like Christmas story. Exactly. I'm not watching this <laughs> whole Christmas thing straight Eve. through. I, you know, I'm wallpapering the living room. I'm doing laundry. I'm, you know, filing my taxes. And over the course of 27 hours, I've seen the movie. But you right. don't watch a first movie that way, do you? Like, the, I'm sorry, you don't see a movie the first, the first time, time that no, way. Do you? No, 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 no. Okay, that awkward moment when that gets on TV. Yeah, exactly. Throw that on in the background. I suppose there are some you could. But you know, you, I th- don't think you have an excuse to do this anymore, Lee, because you now live within biking distance of a $5 movie theater. This is oh, wow. That's how I saw Wolf of Wall Street. I discovered that there is a theater within bicycling distance of my uh, abode that is $5 before noon. And I, saw, and I saw Wolf of Wall Street for $5. Wow. And like I said, my, the, the, the amount of money that I pay for a movie uh, directly influences how much I enjoy it and how much bullshit I'll put up with in the theater. Yeah. Like I'll put right, up right. with some talking and some and some chicanery if it's only five bucks. Well I that's kind of the fun of that. There's that three dollar theater in Burbank that Paul hit me to and uh, I, I saw um that Tim Burton movie that nobody gave a shit about from you. Oh last do you year. think about the the Valley Plaza yeah. yeah. Which is great. Three dollars. Now three dollars <sighs> bring... fifty on Sunday and Tuesday. Oh my Jesus. God. <laughs> dollar hot dog. Now three dollars brings out the type of people you would assume it would bring out to a three dollar <laughs> sure. movie. But yeah. that becomes the show. It's like because it, it, it is packed it to is. see uh, Escape Plan. Yeah. <laughs> packed. Packed and excited. Yeah, I paid the right amount for that. <laughs> and that, well, actually, that goes back to yeah, <laughs> right. that's true. And it's hard to it's hard to dislike a movie for three dollars. What's the Tim Burton one I'm thinking of? With Giant Up and it's uh, Dark, Dark Shadows. Shadows. Dark yeah, Shadows. Dark Shadows. Fine movie. If I had paid twelve dollars or fourteen dollars for that movie, that would be a terrible movie. That three dollars. That's a good. movie. That is entertaining. <laughs> Without the, the you know without putting a lot on it uh huh yeah uh-huh. and 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 that's the thing I would say about Wolf of Wall Street I waited too long to see it that is a movie you see with a c- packed crowd Christmas so that, Day that laughter rolls yeah. right 
but even with 30 people in the, in the theater, that Quaalude scene had every single person laughing. And for anybody who doesn't know, there was a scene where he does far too many Quaaludes and then is called to, where does he have to go? Where does he have no, to go he's back just got to get back home because his like, phone's tapped and they're talking on the phone. Oh, that's right. That's and right. He, he's, and he's screaming. <laughs> To, to at the top of his lung to do something and he just can't. He can't. He's he trying can't. to scream in the phone. He's damn near catatonic because of the God, drugs. I'd oh. watch that scene over and over. I mean, what a comic performance. Uh, I mean, of Jim Carrey yeah. caliber yeah. from Leo yeah. DiCaprio. And, and, the, and the whole Popeye tie-in and then the, the choking. I mean, it's just crazy. The whole scene oh, is amazing. Oh, the Popeye scene. That is so funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's well. I mean, yeah, I don't know if I want to blow it. but No, so. but it's all, all good. Yeah, That'll be oh, in my top saw- five. I saw that the same day I saw American Hustle, which I, it's hard to say which one I liked best. They are actually quite different beasts, I think. Mm, oh, yeah. I mean, really, uh, really, uh, Wolf of Wall Street is an almost virtually pointless movie. It's Animal House. It's like, let's just do a bunch of, I mean, this is what happens when you can have this much money. It's like, it's like Rodney Dangerfield. If you've got to follow Rodney Dangerfield's character from Caddyshack for um, <laughs> a couple years, I think, you know? Because he was always throwing the money around right. and doing all this stuff. You know, almost six of those, give you half of the box of the Let's all get laid. Yeah. And then they We're do. all going to get laid. And the yeah, big, exactly. big Scorsese montage with fast cuts and Rolling Stones. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, let me give you a quick, uh, speaking of what's out in theaters, let me give you a quick update from Rotoflix. Our good ah, friends over there. I wish when, I'd gotten when, in on this because I want to be able to. Oh, next year we will. For those of you who don't know what Rotoflix is, it's Rotoflix with an X.com. It is uh, like fantasy football for movies. You pick films at the beginning of award season that you think will win a bunch of awards. You get points when they get nominated. You get points when they win. For the big awards, your SAG Awards, Oscars, Critics' Choice, Golden Globes, etc. Yeah, so every nomination yields. Points. A certain number of points and then more points for the win. And then more points for the win. Yeah, right. and then if the movie. Gets then if something a part of the film wins, you get points for your move for having the movie. Like if you have Dallas like Buyers Club, you'll get points for an actor. If it gets nominated, and you'll get points if McConaughey gets nominated as okay. well. Not just for him, but for the movie. How you so doing? Anyway, it's a whole How you thing. doing? Make any trades? Uh, no. <laughs> no, we joined late just to get a taste for it, but we'll definitely go next year and play the whole season. But Karen and I are close. We're neck and neck. We're about 20 points apart. But Joe Canale, who told us about it, after the Critics' Choice Awards, zoomed past us, and now he's... He's kicking uh, ass. Yeah, he's, uh, well, he's not in the lead. The lead is the guy who runs the <laughs> league, ah. who started. He said, I want you to give you guys a taste of this league. So he told us about it, and he started up, and he's killing us. Ah. But... And he, he apologized. He's like, well, I feel bad that I started the league and I'm crushing it. But he has no idea. No. I mean, no. how do you pick American Hustle is going to do that well? Back when we did, even then, it was not that, I mean, it was all 12 years of slave, all gravity. 12 years of slave, gravity. Now it's a three-picture race. And he had American Hustle now that it's getting all these uh, nominations. So he, he pulled way ahead. Now it's just kind of just who's going to win, me or Karen. We'll keep you updated. Has anyone in the room seen 12 years of slave? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. You have seen it. If Kevin? I've not. No. I, uh, Steve uh, Lewis, uh, movie guy, mm-hmm. uh, just saw it and said it totally deserves to win best. Yeah, he, t- he, s- he told he me that. It, he, he says was... completely deserving of it. Yeah, he said it's the one of the important movies that, that actually, deserves it to yeah. be up there. Yeah. So now I'm excited to see it because it's like I, I thought. Well, it's yeah, it's because it's one of those cause it could just be important, and that's why it's winning. You know, because some right. of them do that, and even though they're good enough, but what's you know, what's cool about it is it's it's the best not just a. Uh, Dull telling too. It's a very stylized movie. Cool. The guy made a movie with really cool shots and really it's it's long shots, long takes and stuff. So it's not just a, a plain telling. Yeah. Like something like August Osage County is really well acted. The director isn't Plainly too much told, of a character though. in it. Yeah. But but Twelve Years a Slave is being oh, told cool. in a certain way that's kind of cool. Is it is it racist that I, I like thought I thought director Steve McQueen looked like Steve McQueen? I saw I saw him finally on an award show accepting uh, an award and he's a black gentleman. Uh, you know. 
But I thought he looked like Steve McQueen. You expected that he <laughs> I, I mean, his name's Steve McQueen. Yeah. Is that racist? <laughs> it's racist that you expected him to look like it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, beyond that, I mean, you're fine. <laughs> Doesn't it seem logical that he might look like Steve McQueen? <laughs> I mean, if somebody, come, car if somebody came up and said, uh, Kareem Abdul, Abdul Jabbar's in the lobby for you. Oh, I'm gonna, I have a <laughs> short little Jewish guy. You've got really? an image, right? Yeah, no. you got an image. Yeah. <laughs> short little Jewish guy. I know who I'm expecting. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Let's get to what Kevin's best at. Uh, in honor of his podcast, which you, as I said, you can hear on iTunes uh, or search on YouTube, Funny Because It's True, it'll come right up. Or go to Mondays at 10, it's every other Monday. Uh, check the schedule at secondcityhollywood.com. He'll be at Second City doing the show live. It's a storytelling show, so we're going to do the movie version of Funny Because It's True, and we've picked the topic. I like this So idea. we each get yeah. three, four minutes or something to tell a story, um, and the topic is Brush with Fame. And I don't know who's going to go first, so whoever would just like to, uh, feel free. I'll go. I'll go, because I, uh, uh, I had a chance to meet... Okay, okay, so, uh, let, me, let me back up real quick. Oh, this story is about the funniest thing I never said to Johnny Depp, Okay. <laughs> Uh, I was very lucky enough to, through a circumstance, to shoot a feature film on an island in the Bahamas a couple years ago. And it was uh, a friend of a friend of a friend, uh, was very, very wealthy, and the, fi- and the kids wanted to make a movie. And so, uh, basically, they just asked the staff, anyone know anyone that knows a filmmaker, anybody that does a filmmaker? A friend of mine, a current roommate, filmmaker, I'm a good shooter, we work together, and we used to work for a production company in Chicago. We said, yeah, of course we can make a feature, do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we show up but they had uh, some budget and they had beautiful the whole island they had a private island so you any location you wanted was there so anywhere you wanted to set anything so we we wrote he wrote and I helped you know create this really nice it's it's a full feature film that we shot there uh, so we spend a summer doing that great way to spend a summer and the water is so blue it's just unbelievable I've never seen a blue like that since then and island people are just a fascinating people anyway I could go on and on about the Bahamas but here's the point of the story the, the 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 next island over was owned by Johnny Depp, and they said they they wanted to hold a uh, screening of the movie once we were done in post production for Christmas, and they were going to invite Johnny Depp, who was one island over. And these people again are very wealthy, so they throw a gigantic dinner and a gigantic fireworks, and you know. All, all, uh, uh, on this island. So it, we got the call, December, uh, you know, come, we're going to do a premiere, they do a, the ropes and posters and everything, and they're going to project it, and everybody's going to sit on the beach, project it, and watch our movie that we, you know, we spent the fall post-production. Sure enough, Johnny Depp is going to come to the screening. So we're there, and we're watching it, and here comes Johnny Depp, and don't talk to him or anything, he kind of sits up front, brings his kids, it's a kid's movie, because the, the kids that made it kind of had the idea and everything like that. Watch it, everybody has a really good time, we go up, there's a big banquet thing, and now we are warned, has anybody been given the famous person warning, don't look him straight in the eyes, don't say anything stupid, da 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 and, and people do say stupid stuff. One of the staff got yelled at because she asked when he was done shooting Pirates 4, because the guy did look like he was dressed like Captain Jack, kind of <laughs> like a kind of flowing island thing, and uh, uh, you know, tur- thing on his head, and and he was drunk, and uh, you know, so he kind of was like, and he had the eyeliner on. So she asked him when he was going to be done shooting, and he he said, well, I was "Done shooting a couple months ago." So <laughs> <laughs> fair question. So fair so, question. so so he's there, and we are told, you know, not not to talk to Mr. Depp and everything like that. But we're in the same party with Johnny Depp, you know, he's around and stuff like that. And just at one point, I was kind of wandering around, group to group, talking to various people that. I met on the island you know i hadn't seen him for a few months and all of a sudden like everybody kind of clears out of the hallway like two people go this way and go this way and it's just me and johnny depp i'm just standing there with johnny depp and 
for some reason, now he came to watch a movie I made. You know, I've got an entry to say, hey, that thing you came here explicitly for, I, I did that, you know? But yet I still had that feeling of like running into a famous person at Walgreens, like, ah, he probably just wants to get what he's gotten, move on, you know? But it's just me and Johnny Depp, and I'm just standing there, and the thing that popped into my head of like what I really wanted to say, but I didn't, I just let the moment, someone else came in the room and took his attention. I never actually talked to Johnny Depp, even though it was just me and him. The thing, the funniest thing I never said to Johnny Depp was, hey, you're that guy from Platoon. <laughs> because Johnny Depp is in Platoon. He is. Most people don't know that, but of course, Johnny Depp knows that. <laughs> he, he is fully aware. He tries to forget, but it's Thank you. It's there. That's yeah. my brush with greatness. And he's spectacled in that movie, if I remember correctly. He's the translator. He's bus-spectacled. Is it? Yeah, bus I think he is. Bus-spectacled. Yeah. Bus I want to hear Paul's brush with fame, because this sounds very interesting. Well, yeah, I got a Seinfeld uh, I just encounter. I went to see... Uh, him do stand up in Buffalo in a place called uh, cool. Melody Fair, and it was in the round. So he does a whole show, and it was in the height of Seinfeld. So typical Buffalonians, you know, yelling out, "Where's Kramer?" Oh, like that's God. the thing you yell. There, and again, Kramer is a fictional case. He has to go through the whole, do a whole bit, and if he does it with George again, you know, like the whole thing. Um, and I figure, all right, I'm going to prepare for this just in case. Because I once I went there and I saw Weird Al Yankovic, and he came out afterwards. He shook all sorts of hands. He did a whole thing. I'm like, okay, oh, so cool. there's a chance to meet these people. So I'm going to be prepared. I brought a little piece of paper. I didn't have anything amazing, but I had something that he could sign should I meet Jerry Seinfeld. And uh, his thing is, so I thought to myself, what do I know about Jerry Seinfeld? Oh, he went to Oswego College. Hmm. Oh, did he? And so did my, my uh, uncle taught there. Okay, so this is great. I got an in with my uncle. Perfect. Wait a minute. My acting professor went to Oswego. This is great. I'll find out if he knew him. So, in, and I asked my acting professor, Tom, uh, Tom Lachlan, the great Tom Lachlan. He said, no, but uh, his roommate, I knew his roommate, Gary Carbone. So Gary was Jerry's roommate, and I was friends with Gary. He said, perfect, Gary Carbone, Gary Carbone, Gary Carbone, Gary Carbone. <laughs> I think, okay, well, this is great. I'm going to meet Jerry Seinfeld and have something to say. So sure enough, the show ends, and I, I go and I get in a line, and there's a bit of a line happening. He comes out, he's perfectly happy signing stuff. He's saying, hey, hey, doing the whole thing. And uh, I get up there, and I hand him my piece of paper, and I'm ready. I'm in. This is my in. I got a thing. Everyone else is just like, I love you. I got a thing, right? So he says, hey, how you doing? And he starts signing the thing, and I said, hey, um, <clears throat> Gary Carbone says hi. And Jerry says, really? What's he doing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, that's crazy. I just, uh, uh, sorry, but yeah, you know, my uncle teaches at uh, SUNY Oswego. You know, he just retired recently, so he must have been teaching when you were there. Oh, no kidding. What's he teach? I don't know. <laughs> Grab the paper, got the hell out of it. <laughs> but I have his autograph. I got Jerry's awesome. autograph. That's great. Uh, <laughs> Gary Carbone runs a used car dealership in the uh, yeah in the upstate. Carbone New York used area. cars. Come on down to Carbone. <laughs> Either that or he's selling insurance, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I've seen the commercial afterwards just to haunt me. There's a commercial for Carbone on it. Like, God, that's what he's doing. <laughs> Carbone, Moscone. Uh, my, my brush with, with fame um, uh, is actually a story I've told, and there's a much longer version, but I'm going to give you the cliff notes. I was working at the Screen Actors Guild and had the opportunity to work the Screen Actors Guild award show. 
I was originally assigned the position of limo door opener, mm. which was a huge coup <laughs> for my first year as an employee of the guild. Yeah. I was um, uh, immediately reassigned to credentials. So what that meant was I was taking off, taken off quite literally the front line where all the press was and put in the back parking lot as far away from everything ah, that I could. I did that for a while, and we were all given headsets, and we were all required to wear uh, tuxedos. Now, this was 2002 or 2003, the year that Gangs of New York had swept into awards uh, regalia, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was in attendance in a tuxedo, as was Daniel Day-Lewis in attendance in a tuxedo. He had a shaved head. I have a shaved head. So during my credential work, I had a headset in this big billboard of credentials that allowed me access to everywhere in the venue. I had full access. I could get behind scenes. I can go up behind stage. I could go anywhere I wanted to. Well, I got in a small argument with the associate producer, which who I learned later on, associate producer is actually a title you usually give to a woman who've who you've either fucked literally or figuratively and can't afford to pay her a real salary, so you give her the title <laughs> associate producer. And I took my headset off, and I said, like, screw this, I'm not volunteering anymore. And we were given specific instructions. Adam, you had mentioned the instructions of not looking them in the eye. Yeah, and yeah, 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 so we were talk. told we are not allowed to talk to any of the celebrities in attendance, right? And, uh, and I said, okay, fine, not a problem. But I came up with my own rule. My own rule was if they see me and we make eye contact... I'm going to say hello. And if they're holding a saggy, which is what I call the awards now, if they're holding a, <laughs> they're holding a saggy, I'm going to congratulate them, right? So, and I made a deal with the, one of the bartenders, because we're also not allowed to drink. So I gave him $20 at the beginning of the evening, and I said, every time I come around and ask for a club soda, oh, would you give me a gin and tonic? He's like, sure, not a problem. So for most of the evening, I'm just doing rounds and getting <laughs> gins and tonics and walking around. And I've got my big billboard of credentials going everywhere I want. And I'm standing off to the side towards the end of the evening. And somebody comes up from behind me and says, where the fuck do we get our goddamn limousines? And I turn around, and Stockard Channing <laughs> is packed into this gold lame dress. And she's got these big mashed potato boobies that are just all kind of like flowing out. And I turn around, and she steps back, kind of taken by who I am, and sees my credentials and says, oh, I'm sorry, could you help me find my car? Now, because I don't have my walkie-talkie, I have to get somebody else to assist me, and we get her all taken up, uh, taken care of and put her in the limousine, and off she goes. And I'm walking across the parking lot back into, this was the shrine out at USC. Is that what it's called? The Shrine Auditorium, right? And I see some coworkers coming, and they're like, oh, 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 it's you. It's you. Uh, we, we thought you were somebody else. And I said, who do you think I was? And they said, well, you look just like Daniel Day-Lewis. So now I'm replaying this conversation with Stocker Channing. I'm like, I wonder... Did Stocker Channing think I was Daniel? Right, because she was so for so informal, so friendly. <laughs> yeah. So I went back into the auditorium with this in my head that this may be happening, and so I start kind of going around the auditorium, and I'm getting some looks, and I'm like, this actually people think I might be Daniel Day Lewis. So I decide to go behind a backstage while they're where they're doing this kind of sabotage, like this ambush of people coming right off the stage. And, and Entertainment Tonight is there, and Bob Goins and uh, whoever, not Mary Hart, but the other one, uh, oh, Lisa, Gibbons? Lisa, Lisa Gibbons. Lisa Gibbons is there, right? Robo we Cops. all know that. Lisa Gibbons. Crazy. And, and there's this <laughs> Robocops, Lisa Gibbons. And they, they come off stage and they get funneled into this narrow hallway before they go into the pose and repeat. And I'm just hanging back there, and the entire cast of. Um, Chicago is coming off because they just won Best Ensemble. 
And because there's this kind of funneling of space, we all get packed into this hallway and we can't move while we're waiting for people to go through the uh, pose and repeat. And I am face-to-face, inches away from Christine Baranski. Who's that? Um, She was in Chicago. She was in the sitcom Sybil. Um, she was the she was in um, she was in Mamma Mia. She's been in a ton of shit. You would you would know her from the the Scrooge movie or not Scrooge movie the, the, the Grinch, Grinch movie the Grinch yeah. movie. Oh okay. But anyway, she is she I is do. three four inches from my face and she's holding a saggy. So I'm going to employ <laughs> my rule, which is if they make eye ta- eye contact and I said, oh uh, Miss Bransky, congratulations on your win. She's like, oh thank you very much. I love your work. And she goes to give me a hug, <laughs> and she stops. Because she sees my credentials, and she just pats me on the shoulder, and she goes, <laughs> thank you very much. But we're not going anywhere, because we're still packed like sardines, and we're just staring at each other in this awkward moment. And I said, <laughs> uh, I said, did you think I was somebody else? And she said, yes. And I said, uh, did you think I was Daniel Day-Lewis? And she said, Yes, but we love you for whoever you are. And she pats me again. <laughs> and just then, like, the release, and we're released into the wild. So now I know this is going on, right? So I'm going to test this out. Now, again, I am an employee of the Screen Actors Guild at a Screen Actors Guild function, the Screen Actors Guild Awards show, and I have decided that I'm going to go walk around, pretend to be Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> so I go up to the second floor where there's press row, and I'm going up the stairs, and the entire cast of Six Feet Under, under comes down. They're all holding their saggies. I'm like, hey, congratulations, guy. And they're like, oh, you too. Love your work. Because Daniel had won earlier for <laughs> Gangs in New York. I get up to the second floor, and now it's just it's in full mode. Everyone thinks I'm Daniel Day-Lewis. Here comes Sean Hayes, right? And he's looking right at me, and I'm like, hey, congratulations, Mr. Hayes. And he blows right past, right? I'm like, okay, I'm not going to win them all. They're not all going right. to So I look behind me, just out of the corner of my eye, I see somebody run up to Sean Hayes and grab, his, my, grab him by the arm and whisper in his ear, and he comes running back over to me. He's like, thank you very much, Mr. Lewis, and shakes my hand and takes off, right? Oh, that's awesome. So now I'm like, okay, this is getting a little out of control. Right? I become Sean Hayes' Daniel Day-Lewis that's story. Right. <laughs> so this goes on for a while. We go down to the regalia after the party afterwards, which I need a separate ticket to get into, so I no longer have my credentials, because that was what was giving me away every once in a while. So I get into the, into the gala, and I pull a friend of mine aside, and I said, uh, Will, you'll never believe what's been happening to me. And I explained to him, he's like, no, that's bullshit. He's like, nobody thinks you're Daniel Day-Lewis. As if on cue, this 12-year-old boy runs across the tent. Mr. Lewis, I'm a big fan of yours, really love your work, and just runs away. And my, my friend Will, who's an attorney at the guild, he's like, you've got to stop this. He's like, you're going to get fired. And I said, I'm not doing anything. And he's like, this is, he's like, you need to leave now. We get in line for food. Guy comes up. He's like, uh, Mr. Lewis, um, I, I hope you don't mind. Uh, my, name is, my name is Bill Peterson. I'm the president of Phoenix Pictures. This is my wife, Elizabeth, who are really big fans of yours. And I'm like, Bill, thanks a lot. I, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm getting some food. He's like, oh, no, not a problem. And so, again, my friend Will is like, you, you're, you're, you've already lost your job. I said, okay, I'm going to try to get out of here. I'm going to try to go home. I'm on my way out. Guy grabs me. He's like, oh, Mr. Lewis, can you come over here for a second? I'm like, sure. He's like, I just want to say uh, thank you very much. Um, I'm sure you remember me. I am. I don't know who the guy's name was, but I'm the president of the DGA. He's like, I'm so-and-so. You remember last week you came into the DGA, did an interview with us. We're really thankful for that. Glad. Congratulations. Can we get a picture? <gasps> so now I'm arm-in-arm with the president <laughs> of the DGA, and I'm pretty sure it's Variety, and I'm taking a picture. Dink, clink, and that's. I'm like, okay, now I gotta leave. Now, now, you're fired. now. now I have gone too far. This is this is now going to be published. So I try to head out to the parking lot, but you have to go through the smoking lounge, which is this big pack of people. And I run into my friend Will again, who's there, and he's like, Hey, come on over, Lee, come on over. I want to introduce you to some people. 
Well, actually, he says, hey, Daniel. He's like, Daniel, come on over. I want to introduce <laughs> you to some people. And he's got a, this two cute girls. He's like, girls, Christina, uh, Catherine, this is this is Daniel Day-Lewis, Daniel Day-Lewis. Is, and I'm like, I'm just rolling my eyes. Like, Will, you're not helping me out here, right? So I'm like, hey. And she's like, you're Daniel Day-Lewis? And I said, yeah, that's what they keep telling me. And, and she, Plausible deniability. Yes, and uh-huh, she's, uh-huh. Not, she's not sure. She's not sure. And the conversation is going on, and I can't remember what was said, but all of a sudden she stops and she goes, oh, my God. You are Daniel Day. Wait right here. And she's she's off. And I'm like, okay, whoever you're bringing back, I do not need to meet, so I need to leave. So I try to find another exit. I can't. I have to go back through where I was just standing, and there's Christina. She's like, oh, Daniel, Daniel, come over, come over. I want you to meet my husband. Real quick, I work for Screen Actors Guild. She said, hi, uh, Daniel, Daniel, this is my husband, Jeff. Jeff is the president of ACTRA, the Canadian Screen <laughs> Actors Guild. And... Jeff is on to me from the word stink. He knows I am not Daniel Day-Lewis, and he is not putting up with it. And he's like, you're Daniel Day-Lewis. And I said, well, that's what they keep telling me. He's like, you're not Daniel Day-Lewis. And as if as if God had come down, there was this huge crush of people, and I just got like swept out into the parking lot. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm free. But now there's this picture of me and the the president of the DGA and all this other stuff. So... <laughs> So I'm just sweating it out. The, this is like on a Sunday night, so I gotta go to work the next day, right? So I go into work and I'm just kind of feeling everything out, right? I'm like, does anybody know this happened? Is there anything in the paper? So around one, two o'clock, nothing's been said, right? So I go online and I don't see this picture anywhere, right? And it's it's clearly nothing's gonna happen. But I do find a picture of Daniel Day Lewis shaking hands with Alfred Molina. And you would swear it was me you would swear that it was me in this picture. So I cut that picture out, and I mocked up an article from The Hollywood Reporter that said the Screen Actors Guild own residual guru Lee Caius meets uh, Alfred Molina at the Screen Actors Guild. <laughs> and I put this on my office door, and the rest of the day everyone's coming up I'm like, hey, you met Alfred Molina! <laughs> <laughs> That's awkward, <laughs> Yes, that was the short version, sorry. I'm going to give you the light. Oh. Give me the light. <laughs> As mentioned before, my favorite movie is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And my favorite line from Raiders of the Lost Ark that I actually use in my everyday life sometimes is something is just out of my reach. I always say, I had it, Marcus. I had it. In my hand. <laughs> awesome. So. Um, <laughs> I had it, Marcus. In my hands. Two years ago, two and a half. Uh, I get a call from my best friend, who's one of the administrators at Second City, and he said, I have gotten permission to tell you this, but we are not telling anyone else, so keep this to yourself. You hear that, guys? Quiet. So, in there, every Monday night, there are level five shows. People who have gone through the entire program, they do their level five show, and they run it for seven weeks. And there was a call that Harrison Ford was the godfather of one of the people in, and he was coming to one of the shows but don't tell anyone that Harrison Ford is coming to the theater. No one would say who he was the godfather of to the office, so we hmm. did not know going into it. We just know he knew he was going to be there. So I go to the show, and I'm very excited, and I sit next to the head administrator and her husband. He also came because he also had the Indiana Jonesian-type boner that I did. <laughs> and... The thing about it for me was that he was one of those guys, as I'm sure he was for you guys as well, that just influenced a lot of things, either Han Solo or Indiana Jones. To me, that was who a man was. That was yep. just the epitome of it. 
And I even, to this day, I have adopted a Harrison Fordian type uh, idiosyncrasy, which is I smile just like him, which is you do half, <laughs> breathe out, and then the rest of the smile emerges. So it's... <laughs> do it to the oh, camera. Please do that to all the right, camera. So Here we go. Uh, I'm going to practice with you. Can I, okay. We should all do it. Right, right, we'll so left left, left out, side. Out, out, take a breath, okay. and then full. Oh, so, okay. There it is. Yeah. That's it. If you do it right, you can feel it happening. You can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel it spread around your face. So he was just a big influence to me. I saw Raiders 30 times in the theater. He was theater. what cool was. He was just cool. was cool. Oh, he had a broken nose. My nose got broken as a kid, so now I'm like, that's awesome. My nose is bent yeah, if you look yeah. at the right angle. So I am so excited to see him. So I sit behind him in the show, and I watch him watch the show wow. with his uh, bad choice earring. <laughs> oh, oh yes. earring era. Very bad choice. And he's enjoying it. He's very polite and he's laughing along with it. And after the show is done, it's crowded in the lobby. And I'm standing next to the head administrator. She and I are friends. And she says, Are you going to go try to meet him? And I said, No, I don't want to be that douche. It was kind of fun just to sit behind him. It was kind of fun just to be close to him. Yeah. And then as I looked over, I realized who his goddaughter was. And I said out loud to her, Oh my God, it's Joan. I was her favorite teacher. And I pushed my friend out of the way and walked down to him. Joan sees me, lights up, because I was one of her early on teachers, lights up and says, Oh my God, Kevin, this is my godfather, Harrison Ford. Wow. To which my only thing I could say in that moment was, as we were shaking hands, just so you know, I would have known your name had she not said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, laughed. We had a nice little moment with that. And then he did a very cool move where he walked out. All the people in the show were getting their accolades for doing a show, and he was taking focus. So he walked over to the side, and I saw him walk to the side by himself. So I made my way over to him and just said the cliche that he's heard so much that he wears the t-shirt of I'm Han Solo and Indiana Jones, get over it. But <laughs> but I walked up to him and I just said, I have to say, you were the, one of the biggest influences of me as a young child that made me into a man today. He said, thanks a lot. I said, that was awkward, but I'm going to leave. And then we actually walked down the stairs together. Mm-hmm. And then we parted ways. We nodded heads to each other and parted ways. And I had to go do a show in uh, West Hollywood that night. Now, the next morning, I was awakened by a phone call from another guy in the show telling me, oh, man, where were you? Harrison Ford took us all out for drinks. <laughs> oh, fuck. And I got to sit at the table with him, and you would have been invited. Where did you go? Fuck. And I had to do a stupid-ass improv show in West Hollywood, <laughs> and all I could think was, I had it, Marcus. <laughs> I had it in my hand. Oh, that's a good story. That is brutal. But to make you feel better. That's a storyteller right I there. think <laughs> that goodbye is exactly the goodbye you should have with Harrison Ford. Agreed. Yeah. Silent, nod, and off in your and separate off. direction. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I think that wraps another movie showcast, Yay. everybody. Well, one last question for oh, yes. Kevin, though, because you performed at The Moth. Correct. You actually, and uh, this when this is recently. This is a couple months ago, right? I did a couple. I did uh, last year. I did one in April in Santa Barbara, and then in December I went to Austin. Okay, yeah. The one December one is the one you were timing out in the show I Correct. was in, and yes. you were telling the story. Really great story 
Um, but anyway, I, I just wanted to find out how that went because I, I didn't ask you because I was going to ask you on the air. Oh, it's uh, it was fantastic. It was uh, one of those amazing things of telling a story. It's a big story. I don't know if you guys have heard it or uh, Adam mentioned it to you, but it's a, one of those stories. My mother was diagnosed as terminal, asked me to come home and help her. So for five Wait months, a second, I can't have NFL Films music on. Fair enough. <laughs> Lead with that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, my mother got... Uh, this is, I mean, you can find this on uh, the... It's on my podcast. True, the it's, full version of it, but yeah, definitely. Uh, episode 30 called Four Aces. It's my one-man show about this whole thing, but it is the story of me going home to take care of my mother in the time period where she was uh, six months left. But she was a very funny Amazing. woman, very pragmatic woman. So as opposed to letting the inevitable knowledge of what is going to happen crush us, we decided to actually embrace it and throw this huge party for her, this end-of-her-life thing that was really a culmination. Cool. And... The journey to that party is exceptionally funny and will break your heart at the same time. Yeah. It's one of those stories where it's just, yeah, she triumphs, and it's a really nice story. How'd the crowd like it that the moth, they respond well? The coolest thing about that was that the moth paid me a nice amount of money to come up with a 15-minute version of that story that uh -huh. I looked at like a song. When we were finished with it, they helped me. They had uh, one of the directors and one of their senior producers came in and helped me edit it and put it together, and we worked hard on it. So... And it was like that feeling if you ever written a song mm. that this is the final the final lyric that you put in for a song that now this is locked and this is what this song sounds like, that I have a 15-minute version that is just such a great song. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And yeah. what's in the mo in that awkward moment of, of that story, you should tell that here right now. The funniest thing that happens in that whole thing is what your friend says. All right. So And you have it on videotape, have right? Videotape. You play the clip in the play show. Play the clip. Yeah. <laughs> It's um, so it's a big event, and as I described, this is an end of her life party for someone. So there's some gravitas to this, but it was funny, and I was very funny that night. And I was kind of running the room, and it was very pragmatic, and very just it was dealing with it. With this one guy who I went to high school with, we were funny together in high school. I went on to continue it where I got paid for it, and he went on to do other jobs that he did not. But that night. He wanted a piece of the action. So. The glory days. The glory days. <laughs> so he gave this impromptu speech where he said a very nice thing, and he punctuated it with, now, Patty, I want you to know, and this is in front of 100 people, all in their 60s and such, Patty, I want you to know, when we were in high school, myself, another guy, another guy, we all thought you were a MILF. <laughs> Now, this does not get the laugh that he feels it so justly deserves. <laughs> so he takes it one step farther where he says, all right, I, I need to say this. Everybody cover, if you have children, cover your ears. Patty, I want you to know, at one point, teenage boys wanted to fuck you. <laughs> and I have this on video. And... The look on her face, and I'll show you guys afterwards. I have a picture of the peak of her reaction. But my buddy who was filming it had the foresight and luck to put the camera on her face. So as you hear these sentences being said, you just see her reaction. Oh. A woman who had been with one man in her life, and the last time she had was 30 years prior. So she, So sex was not a big thing for this very prudish lady who's now being told that 18-year-olds wanted to fuck her at one point <laughs> as she is eight days from her death. Oh, my gosh, Kevin. It was 
hysterical. <laughs> and the reason I say that, I hated it at the time, but the thing that made it perfect was that for that event, it gave everyone in that room someone to hate <laughs> besides cancer. Wrestling. It's it was, like the yeah. wrestling ethic, right? Yeah. Yeah. We need a villain. That's we what need a villain. villain would do. Yeah. And he played that role perfectly because then that became what everyone talked about. It wasn't, did you see her? And her? It wasn't about that. It was like, can you believe that fucking guy? <laughs> so everyone in that room bonded over that. So, that beca- so it was a really nice... Uh, I'm going to have to check that out. Where do I see that? Episode 30. Episode 30, Funny Because It's Funny Because It's True. Car. I have it. a video of it. Oh, oh, hey. Yeah. Let's get out to the parking lot, Preston. Oh, yeah, that's the show. Together, we are the movie guys. Individually, we are. Hey, guys. Follow us on Twitter at the movie guys. <laughs> Facebook.com slash the movie guys. Uh, hey, we're on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that shit. Thanks to Kevin McGeehan. Yay! Hey. Storyteller. Yeah, that was cool to do that the whole segment of his type of show on our show. Yeah, that was, that was cool. fun. Yeah, and remember, you can find Funny Because It's True on iTunes and live at Second City Hollywood every other Monday at 10. Maybe you'll see Sean Hayes do his uh, story about meeting Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And Thank Karen, you, normally here with the show, has been casting Me and My Girl at Glendale Center Theater in beautiful Glendale, California. It opens Valentine's Day and runs for seven weeks. So if you want to see a true force of nature, hit the stage and tear it up every week don't miss her she also, sings her head off and she's great yeah and also the plug i'd like to throw out there is this tuesday at mm-hmm. the improv anybody that's listening to this immediately after we post it or whatever this tuesday at the improv at 10 p.m the flyover comedy amazing lineup matt bronger uh duncan trussell david keckner and a great special guest that uh all right and remember you can find everything we're doing at the movieguys.net thank you for listening oh and it just hit me i think we were at second city doing our live show when this whole harrison ford thing went down yeah a couple of years ago yeah, yeah. like 20 movie guys live 12 maybe 11 maybe 2011 yeah that sounds right <laughs> just cuz i want just cuz i want to kill myself now to harrison ford all right goodbye everybody i had it marcus i had it in my head